welcome to Dramas with the Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's <laughs> chat Asian dramas. I'm C.L. Kita. I'm Drama Geek. I'm K-Muse. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> and K-Drama Jen can't And she's talk. K-Drama Jen. <laughs> That's totally staying in. <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> CL Kita has energy. She does. <laughs> I may have already had one piece of cake. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. We have, we a, have monthly- a monthly episode we release exclusively for our patrons. <laughs> whose name is there? <laughs> Shoot. I you can find that. the link in our show notes. <laughs> Our patrons also get an exclusive invitation to our Discord server, where we chat daily about the dramas we're watching, participate in group watches, and support each other in our drama addiction. We'd love to have you join us. I love that you guys all sound like you're like slightly drunk right now. (laughs) And we're totally keeping that in because it's funny. (laughs) Oh, it's 2022, and that's all you have to say. So, <laughs> I've been on spring break all week. Oh, not me. Not I've been me. working hard all week. Yeah. All right. <laughs> not that I get spring break. I have, anyway, my kids are on spring break next week. So, the topic of this episode is not the loopy kimchi girls. It is, we are going to podcap. Um, 2521 episodes one through eight. So we'll be doing this one and then we'll do another one after it's over and recap all the rest of the other ones, episodes. <clears throat> so if you have not watched episodes, episodes, so for those of you at home who want a drinking game, take a shot, take a shot. Um, I will go get my soju. Um, I actually don't have any soju. I have, uh, I have sake, so I could go grab that and, and, and do shots anyway. So this is 2521 and we're going to talk about it. The story is set in 1998, <laughs> um, a very, uh, critical time in Korea's history, huge, um, yeah. huge, and tells the story of youth who find new direction and growth after having their dreams taken away because of a lot of the stuff that's going on in Korea at the time. Two people first meet when they are 22 and 18 years old and fall in love years later. Yeah, right. They had to fall in love years later. Anyway, fall in love years later when they are 25 and 21 and a bunch of other kids who are also amazing and we love them. You know, it's not that big of an age gap. I mean, it's not that big of a year gap between yeah. twenty-two and then twenty-five. Now, that's it. There's not that much time. I I was twenty-one in ninety-eight. Yeah. Well, okay. Her. As always, we start with sharing why we started this drama. But a quick note: remember, this is the first part of the discussion, and it will be spoiler-free. And we will go into spoilers later in the podcast. And I think that most of us. There are more than eight episodes out, but I've I've kept it pretty safe not watching past eight. Um, but why did I start watching this? Um, it was a mixture of I had to and 
peer pressure. I love the premise. I loved that, um, you know, it had this, this 1988 feel um, from the Reply series. And even though it was 1998. Right. But it has that same feel. It's the same kind of storytelling. So I could have said 97. I was going to say, like, I mean, reply 97. <laughs> okay, but anyway. I had eight stuck in my head. So, and and I'm just going to be really honest with you guys. I've, I have to watch Namjoo Huck. Um, he, even the bad stuff I watch. So um, he's just pretty and he can act. And so I was already signed up with my face spread against the TV screen. Um, I started watching this as drama geek. I started watching this because of, I, I really liked the promo videos. Mm-hmm. I think I liked the promo videos and then I love Kim Terry. I've only, I've seen her in a couple of things, but just the promo videos, I was like, oh, I want to watch her in this. Like, I want to see this character. So she really pulled me in. Nam Joo Hook is definitely a hit or miss for me when it comes to certain things. Like I did not finish startup. Not that it was necessarily his fault, but he's not the biggest pull for me. But everybody in this cast, I just love them. I love uh, all the different um friends that they have in the friend group. And that, I think that feels like the 1990 seven the reply series a lot of that that whole like young coming of age uh in in the past and then um all the the friend groups and everything and the different couples within the friend groups so there there is a really great cast of characters that kind of from the very beginning that's why I started watching because I was like oh this this whole promo all of it was done well to where it, it drew me in of wanting to that the nostalgia type drama I'm the same as CL Kita. It gave me a lot of Reply 1997 vibes, uh, just the nostalgia as well as the slice of life vibes. And I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. So I was in. Same. I believe, um, I can't really remember, but I'm pretty sure K-Muse was the one who said it's, it's got like Reply vibes. And I was like, okay. I'm going on a plane trip and I'm going to download some of these episodes and I started watching and sorry, I have a confession. I've actually watched all the available episodes. Of course you have. She is the only one out of all the rest of us stopped at eight. I know yeah, the rest yeah. of us feel responsible to our listeners. <laughs> spoilers. The rest of you are able to set boundaries and clearly I'm not. Don't act like you don't just make it up as you go. <laughs> there are no rules. There are no rules well, there, when K-drama Jen is involved. There's rules and then there's the, you have to break the rules. Like you So just I, I, I am a rule follower as long as the <laughs> rules make sense. <laughs> and you don't have to choose one. And I don't have to just pick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I don't have to... As long as I don't have to follow them. I believe in rules. <laughs> but I, I did go back and watch the end of eight because you guys, oh my, no, okay. Anyway. I bet. <laughs> I wanted to watch it so bad this week, but I was like, no, I'm not going to be able to remember where it cut off and I'll have a hard time. Not, especially because I think nine and 10 were some pretty. Uh, oh, so amazing. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. 
character growth. Oh my gosh, you guys. (laughs) So at the beginning of the drama, there is a big age gap between the possible OTP. Did this bug us? And I would say, um, one, he's technically, he has to drop out of college because of um, the uh, IMF. IMF. I wanted to say MIT, but I'm like, nope, that's absolutely not it. (laughs) (laughs) The IMF crisis. Um, And so he has to drop out of school. So technically he's in that age range of like, he's still a college student and their relationship, even up into the episodes I've watched, it's yes, they have budding feelings for each other and they obviously care about each other, but they're still very much in the, like their friends who kind of comfort each other in a time when it's really hard. And the show does a really good job of not, having them cross any lines. And so again, it's, it's a college age student who is friends with a high school girl. So yes, it could bug some people. (laughs) I don't think that they, again, they didn't, they, they don't do anything that makes me feel like "Eh, this, this is not okay, or it doesn't feel right or whatever. It's all, again, the whole friend group is all in high school, except for him. So sometimes that could be like, "Eh," but he's separated most of the time when it comes to all of that. He's just kind of drops in and out. And then you've got the high school kids, you know? So that was, that, that was my feelings in the beginning. Yeah. I have to agree like this out of, and usually I'm not as big a stickler as some other people are about the whole age thing, but this one I think has definitely done one of the best jobs of creating a solid friendship without there being a sexual vibe to it at the beginning I mean now that they've um jumped through some time periods and they're maybe like 20 24 I think is the age range they're at now by the end of the episode you know there's definitely some more mature vibes there but they definitely did a really good job on connecting them emotionally as friends and just like people going through hard times at the same time than having it be romance right from the beginning when she's too immature to understand what's going on. So totally agree. Totally agree. They, I think did a great job of just, um, first of all, it's not that big of an age gap. It, it seems like it because she's in high school, but other than that, um, really like they, they focus on this kind of like a friendship that just sort of develops um, kind of out of nowhere. And I, I really like that about them, but they kind of get each other and they're um, they have really good friend chemistry. So I'm absolutely fine with it. Honestly, I don't even care if they get a, like, I won't feel like squicky about it at all. Even if they like do something before, you know, she's out of high school, but um, but for the most part, like, I, I just think they've done a really great job with that friend piece. I agree with what everyone else says. I feel like the boundaries have been set really well. Cause I have a, I, I don't do well with the May, December romance. Um, not whenever there's somebody in school, but he's just barely out of school and, and he should be in college And it's not unbelievable that they would have a friendship that as time goes by, they, they have a 
you know, friends to lovers relationship. That makes sense. And I really like how they're setting that up because one of the things that always creeps me out is the lack of establishing trust. And I feel like they're doing a good job with that. Are any of us actually interested in fencing? (laughs) Do we really need to be in order to enjoy this drama? Because fencing is a very large part of the story arc. I would say for as many athletic shows as I've watched, we see a lot more fencing than we usually see any actual sport in other various shows. I'm trying to think of anything like we watch badminton. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, we, but how much of the actual skills and talents and practicing did we actually see? There was, was a lot m- of badminton in that. I don't know. I don't think we had as many badminton. Uh-uh. It was no, equal. I don't think it was because you'd have like <laughs> maybe a minute of badminton and then it would jump to the end where whatever happened happened and then they deal with the joy or the defeat. Like it didn't actually show the sport as much as they do the fencing. I'm pretty sure. Cause I agree took to note. <laughs> I took a note on this. Cause I was kind of sad that we didn't get more badminton <laughs> when we, I was watching racket boys. Okay. Okay. Muse. <laughs> so however, the fencing it's interesting. I still have no clue what the heck any of it is, but it's interesting. So and she's like so enthusiastic as a fencer that you can't help but cheer with her overcoming and winning bouts. And she screeches at everyone and it's awesome. So she keeps me emotionally invested, even though I don't know what is going on. So I don't know if I've shared this before, but I actually took fencing lessons back in, let me think. My son was in fourth grade because he was taking fencing lessons. So I took them at the same time. So I had a year of fencing lessons um, and it was so much fun. Like I really, really enjoyed it. And it is way harder than you think it is going to be. It's, it is not easy. And most of the time you spend like just working on like, really basic things like with your form and things like that. And so, and running laps, like they made us do a lot of, cause it's actually, um, there's, you, you use up so much energy during the process that you're really exhausted if you're not in shape. So they made us run laps over and over and over. Um, and that was my least favorite part. Um, but especially cause it was really hot. It was indoors, obviously it's, it was really hot. And I would just remember that part, but anyway, I don't know if I've ever shared that with you, Um, but I still have my foil and I still have like, you know, my little outfit and everything. Okay, that's adorable. (laughs) That's adorable. I could care less about fencing. Um, (laughs) I'm, I'm sorry that that part actually is, uh, it's a part of the relationship that I'm, I'm that part of the story I'm getting bored by, um, which I'm sure we'll come to later. I need, I need something to happen with that to maybe jazz that up, but the fencing it's really been more of a back and forth between two people than the actual sport. And I'm kind of bored of that. 
So don't find me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I took a book to the basketball games in high school. Okay. Okay. I just need you to know this. I don't <laughs> sport. <laughs> I am not that big on sports either, but one fencing interests me in some ways, just because my daughter had wanted to do it for so long and we were actually going to get her involved in it. And then just like everything else in our lives, then the pandemic happened and, <laughs> and we did it, but she's still very interested in like swords and sword fighting and all that kind of stuff. So watching the fencing is very interesting of just like what goes into it. And part of what I liked about watching her progression is that um, she had a really crappy coach at her old school and that her mom and not a lot of people acknowledge that like her, her coach just didn't do a lot of things to help train her in different ways. And then the new coach Um, like you were saying, Jen, you have to run a lot. Like she made her build up her stamina and my husband being a coach of like Taekwondo and stuff. Like I know that a lot of their, like to get in there and do, um, when they spar a lot of that it to get into the ring and do a good job comes with all the conditioning that they have to do and all the strength training they have to do and all that kind of stuff. So I thought it was interesting seeing her coach creatively get her to, to condition herself so that she was able to, to do that. And I just love watching her scream and yell and screech is a good (laughs) word, but I think it was during the Olympics or maybe it was during something else. There was some controversy about, and I, I think it was in Taekwondo, but I could be completely wrong where the commentators kept talking about how the women were screeching a lot, but they didn't make any of the similar comments about like the male players. So I have no earthly idea if that has anything to do with why they chose to have, and it could be a personal acting, like her own choice of like, this is, she's a passionate character. Like her character is just very, so much energy, so much, you know, and that it would make sense that she would be the kind of person that, cause she screams whether she does good or not. Like she, she just, <laughs> like, if she gets the point, she screams really loud. If she doesn't get the point, she screams in frustration, but it, I enjoy watching her uh, play and I enjoy watching her be so passionate about it. Super fun. Well, I'm so excited about this, that, um, clearly because I complained last time that I didn't get to um, talk about my favorite topic of cinematography, um, KMU's made sure that I had a chance to, um, to, to start us by talking about cinematography. And so um, for anyone that listens to the podcast, they all know that this is my absolute favorite part. <laughs> and I know so much about it. Um, So what I'll say about this particular drama is you can tell that there's a lot of pretty. And even for me, the way that they use color just pops right off the screen. And I just, I mean, I've paused it in certain places just to enjoy the visual because it's just awesome. And I don't know like what the techniques are because, you know, we all know actually it's not true. I don't know anything about cinematography, but um, I will tell you that it's really pretty and they, whatever they're doing is really working. I like just how they're, 
they have everything with the camera work and the lighting to where I feel like we're in 1998. Um, it's, it doesn't have, I don't know, things that are taped now are very slick. Like it feels, you know, you can tell the fake things. This just feels very natural. And I like how they have the lighting. I like how they're doing the shots. Um, I just like the nostalgia. I feel very nostalgic while I'm watching this. And and it feels like I'm watching, um, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe Dawson's Creek. I almost <laughs> lost it. I almost lost it. I was like, what? Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm dying. It set in. Old age dementia set in. 45, I'm going under. We are not 45 yet. No, but Shut we will mouth. be. No, we're ways away. We are way. We're 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 birthday twins. We were born on the same day. Are we only forty four, or are we forty? We are only forty four. <laughs> I don't even remember. I I had and we're to only go. in March. It's not until August. So please stop saying we're forty five. That is not happening okay. until almost okay. the end of the year. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <My birthday laughs> Sorry. Was Sorry, drama geek. And I actually had to go like like google it i'm like how old am i i might be 45 but i'm not i'm no, 44 no, as well no. so i was happy yeah it's like no. one year of denying Shut my up. age <laughs> that's all i want to say uh, okay back to the show oh and my um, dogs are barking sorry there is a scene, I think Kate Muse and I have discussed this scene, the scene where um, they do the spring, not the sprinklers, the water fountain, and they turn them up. Oh, I and love the way that. the water is going, and like, they always make her, even when she, her hair is kind of all over the place, and she's sweaty, or whatever, because she's not, she's not your perfect put together. She's an athlete, you know? And so, but she's still, like, she looked beautiful in that scene. They both looked um, fantastic. And just a lot of the action movement scenes, even though it's not really other than the sport, it's not really an action drama, but like they do a great job of filming those types of scenes and also putting some comedic twists to some of the ways that the scenes are filmed. Like, see, I don't even have to ask myself, did that happen in an episode we can discuss? But there's a scene where she's locked in a room and she has to pee. And they're just the way that they do some of those scenes. And like, I don't know, there's just a lot of things where uh, they're really good at building moods and bookmarking things with the way that they're filming. And I love how they make it. So if with a different, less talented um, director, they'd come off as secondhand embarrassment cheesy, Mm -hmm. but just the way this director does it again as you said it builds a mood rather than oh my gosh she has to pee and now she's so embarrassed you know that's not that it's like a vibe right he comes to her rescue and that's what's important not that oh my goodness she has to pee you know so good moments so is there a theme that stands out the most to us and which character's story arc are we the most invested in um, I, I feel like the, it's, the theme is just coming of age and I mean, I'm, I'm not sure who I'm rooting for at this point. I know that, um, 
for some odd reason, I just lost Nam Ji Hook's name in the show. Um, uh, Jin. Ah, Eugen. I really am resonating with him, maybe because I was the same age at the same time and trying to be in the workforce and I didn't have a degree and um, I was just trying to make it. But his character is the one that I've pretty much like been, I love our main girl, but his character just has really stuck with me. I think that for his character, one of uh, the really good scenes of him is when he is going to interview for jobs and they're asking like questions where you're supposed to be very optimistic and like, you know, your answer is supposed to be like, oh, of course, you know, matter what, you know, this, we can make it and no, nothing's going to bad is going to happen. And he's just very much like, I've learned that bad stuff happens and that's just the way life is and that you have to just deal with it because he's, he's been through that like he's still going through it his whole family went bankrupt and he was a rich kid and now he's you know kind of having to deal with what some of the poorer families but it's not just that like they have to be separated he doesn't get to see his dad like his the whole way that the bankruptcy and how everything played out like he pretty much had to go from being a college student who was trying to graduate to like I need to support my family and bring them back together So I think his journey, his arc and everything kind of sets almost an opposing theme to hers because hers, she's, you know, she's trying to prove herself and become the best and, you know, become an amazing athlete and you're rooting for her and you want that. But hers is definitely not as like, doesn't seem as important, like not necessarily important, but like serious and maybe it's because of what we're all <clears throat> some of us you know when it comes to finances and all the stuff that's going on right now like I can feel for him I can he resonates his character resonates with me of like what a lot and, and that generation just thinking about like the generation that's graduating right now here and what going to college and then having to you know find jobs what they're kind of going through and then what his generation of kids had to go through and what the market was like and all that kind of stuff. So I think his sets the tone for the more serious arc and then hers sets the tone for the more like bigger aspiration goals of like, cause not many people want to be an Olympic, like can even dream about it being an Olympic athlete. So. Yeah, I think for me, I just love um, Nahida. <laughs> she is so awesome. Just Kim Tari's performance brings her to life and she has so much energy and just, I can't help but be transfixed by every moment she's on screen. So I love that character so much. She's definitely going to go on to my list of favorite all-time characters. So. So I love the, like, all of the kids like I love the the group that and they're you know they're kind of starting to kind of form their own little group and um what I love is that similar to what drama geek brought up is that we have this contrast with um, Becky Jin who is dealing with really serious heavy issues um that are like 
very adult issues. And he's kind of become a little cynical and jaded. And then on the other hand, you have Kim Terry and her, Kim Terry, <laughs> Nahiko <laughs> and her friends um, who are dealing with just coming of age high school stuff. However, they're also dealing with some pretty big issues, um, especially after the um, the fencing incident that happened that we'll talk about when we can have some spoilers. Um, and so it's just, it's a very interesting because in order for the fencers to go out there and do what they need to do, they have to have some optimism. They have to have that idea that they're going to go for it. And so it's this back and forth balance because Bakijin is kind of regaining some of his, um, I guess, some of his optimism through Nahido and Nahido is getting kind of grounded by him. And I think that, um, that that's one of the things that I love the most. And then where we're headed with kind of the cohesive, like just, I mean, remembering back to what that was like, you know, having like a group of friends in high school. Um, and that's kind of might be past where we are. So um, <laughs> that's all. Okay. Now it's time for spoilers through episode eight. No further than that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, that melodramatic show where like, oh my I was behind <laughs> and you're like, oh, you have to watch episode six. <laughs> we were really horrible to you that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. I think we need to take a moment to chat about, and we've kind of already touched on it a little bit, but the stellar performances we're seeing, especially from Kim Ta- uh, Kim Tae-ri, not Kim tae Hi. Anyway, sorry. sorry I'm reading. <laughs> it's okay. And Nam Jook. Um, I again, I've said that uh, he's not one that will make me watch it just for his for him being in a drama. But he's doing so good in this drama. I really love his character um, and really enjoy him. I also the um, one kid from Racket Boys. It took me a minute to realize, but the one that's playing the what is it? Seventh periods, handsome man, or I don't know. That's totally yeah. not. It's better. It, it, whatever, whatever they came up with, it sounds much better. It makes the hot sense. guy it, from school. <laughs> yeah. So like the moon Ji Hong is the, um, the character's name, but Che Hyun Wook is the actor's name. And he, again, he was one of the badminton players, um, in racket boys. And he, he's his smile, um just lights up the screen and I just love his character and I actually really like uh Bona as Gu Yurim she's the the established fencing star um who has already won a gold medal and um I enjoy her and then also the um the the one that kind of rounds out their group I don't know that I've seen her but the uh the the daughter of the house, like the one that the, the rents the e house out. Young. Yeah. E oh Joom my Young. gosh. She, I, she's got a really good comment. Like she's got really good comedic timing. She's, she's funny. I don't know what she's been in before, but I really enjoy. Oh, she was in Kairos and she was in Missing the Other Side. Hmm. She was a villager. We might get to see her again <laughs> as a villager because they're doing She was in Hospital season. Playlist. She was. She was a guest. She's a guest star. So yeah, she's, 
<clears throat> it looks like she's done some supporting roles and some guest roles in this, you know, this is an ensemble cast, but she's just a joy to watch um, in this. She, again, she's kind of like the fifth wheel, I guess you would say, because they don't have her paired up with anybody or anything, not that she needs to be, but. Well, she's best friends with right. the, the seventh period handsome boy, had seventh, <laughs> seventh, handsome, handsome man from the seventh classroom or whatever right, it was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> The best scene ever was between those two and something had happened and she's like, should I just move in with you? And then he's like, everyone already thinks we're all together. You can't move in with me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but just the comedy between the two friends is so sweet. And all of the characters, they have such good relationship com- comedy and connections and there's not one weak link out of the whole main cast Mm -hmm. yeah I definitely agree with that I I love the 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 just the whole the friend chemistry all the way around um I think Bona as Goyurim is doing a really great job and I actually really like her character but I think one of my favorites is actually um Ji Sung Wan the played by Ijum Young, the, the girl that we talked about, the smart, the, the mm-hmm. class president, smartest girl in the class and so yeah. on. Um, I love her. So lots of, lots of great acting to, to see on our screen. I have to agree. It's a lot of great acting. Um, I have not been as impressed with the character that Bona is playing. Um, I kind of think she's really there just to make us feel sad and I don't like it um but I have to say that Kim Tae is killing it with her determination in this role I mean she wants it so bad and she wants to succeed and even though no one is supporting her girl is going to pick herself up by her bootstraps and she is going to be number one. And I love that. So the drama follows various characters as they all suffer in various ways because of the economic depression in South Korea during the nineties, which characters story art clicked with us the most so far. I think for me, I really felt with um oh gosh now I'm just thinking of her as Bona uh, <laughs> but the uh fencing girls Kim Kim. yeah, yeah. Uh, her story I feel like I almost connect more with her parents just starting to go through this inflation issues and being concerned about money more uh trying to keep my kids being able to do what they want to do versus holy crap that's expensive I totally get that and so I'm totally connecting in with the parents of these kids more than the kids Uh, but they do a really good job of showing how sacrifices have to be made whether it's from parents time or money wise or just having to switch your dreams to something else in some circumstances and I'm really enjoying just that glimpse of life into history and you know, just going through hard times. I, I always love dramas that show that kind of aspect well done and not over dramatic. And I feel this show definitely hits that sweet spot where 
dramatic back history is concerned? For, for me, the character that I click with the most and I absolutely adore is um, the mom from that's, um, oh, what's her name? <laughs> Yurim's mom. I think that she's just one of the best drama moms out there right now. And I just adore her. And just like you said, like everything, you get to see what the impact was of this IMF crisis from in so many different ways. And that's what I really like about this drama that we see it with Becky Jin, whose um, family was very wealthy and they went from, you know, being extremely wealthy to now having to work for a living and his dad is on the run and all of that. And then you have this kind of everyday family who's just, you know, running a snack shop and, you know, trying to, to do what she can to make ends meet. The dad's off, you know, he leaves the family so he can make more money. And um, the mom's running the snack shop and doing her best to help her daughter continue to be able to compete at a high level. And I just, I really, and then you even have, you know, the family that is sending, um, you know, she's renting out the room uh, to to uh, Bucky Jin, you know, like, so you're seeing it in so many different ways. So, but personally, I resonate with it. I think that the mom's story is the one that I identify the most with. I'm gonna flip it a little bit. Nahidu's mom. Her mom is, she's widowed. She's raising a kid. She's trying to be successful in her field. And this is a time when women were not you know, she's, she's in a very important role as a broadcaster and she can't show any weakness. And she's just trusting that her daughter is just going to do the best that she can. And she tries to help her, but she can't draw any attention to her family. And it seems cold. It seems really, really cold. Um, and there's a scene where, she has to say the words, the gold medal was stolen. And it's so horrible because she can't be a mom. She can't say my child would never do that. She has to report the news and this is what she has to report and having to have a, and there's no one to, you know, she can't just quit her job and let her husband support her. Um, so that really hit me, um, and, and it really resonated with me because she's not a bad mom. She's a professional woman in a hard industry trying to make it and trying to, to help her daughter however she can, but she's not overly maternal, but that doesn't mean that she doesn't love her daughter and she doesn't hurt for her daughter. So we haven't addressed how this drama is set up also similarly to the reply series. Um, I think we've all personally just decided to, to kind of push aside. We're not even going to try to figure out, did she marry him? Did she not? Who's the daughter's dad? Blah. I won't say blah, blah, blah. Cause I do understand a lot of people are either enjoying trying to figure that out, pick out the clues and pieces or they're stressing about it. So I'm not diminishing all of that. I'm just saying, I think as a group, we're kind of not really 
paying attention to that too much and just enjoying the kids coming of age story. But the way they have it set up is the grand, the daughter finds her mom's, um, not he, those diary. And so she's reading about all of these events, events as from her mom's childhood as a person who she's done ballet and she wants to quit. And so she's seeing kind of what her mom went through to get where she was and never probably understood any of that struggle that she went through. So I, not that I even identify with the daughter or the Nahi those character as an adult or the grandma, but I, I like the, the, the seeing the, the present time and then looking back at the past and I think for me, I like seeing a daughter reading the mom's diary and being able to understand her more. So I think maybe that's for me. Hopefully someday I don't have a diary. There's nothing my daughter's ever going to find to be able to do this, but I hope that someday she can look back at some of the things, you know, that I've done and be able to kind of understand me a little more. So I kind of like that aspect of the story and have kind of related to that a little bit of like the whole, maybe someday my child will understand me. And the thing maybe your child someday is going to listen to all the podcasts and be like, Oh my gosh, my mom was a perv. I have a whole box of diaries, guys. This is bad. This is bad. I have a box of them. I don't want my daughter. Anyway, hopefully she would not. I don't. So, just quick side note I was driving with my kids and something come up about podcasts or whatever and one of my daughters was talking about something and my son wasn't paying attention and he pipes in are you talking about mom's podcast they just talk about how hot guys are and their shirts are off (laughs) and I'm like that is not (laughs) just what we talk about some of it yes (laughs) but yes it is (laughs) well is seal kita part of the the podcast or not (laughs) we have not brought up whether they have been wearing shirts or not in this whole episode. We so look not. at us being mature. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I just, that was this week. And I was just like, oh my word. And his friends were in the car. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my word. <laughs> anyway, oh, embarrassing mom moment. Well, the crazy thing is that as K dramas are becoming more popular, especially like on Netflix, like, I have people that I've worked with who have discovered our podcast and I don't necessarily want them to hear me talk about what we talk about. So anyway, all right, let's chat our OTPs chemistry or are they our OTP and our favorite scenes so far between them. So, um, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk in general and I'm not going to share specific scenes because <laughs> They're from I nine can't and ten. <laughs> do it. Cause my favorite scene, uh, I can't you say it is after episode eight. I'm going to like that's, fly no, to that's, New York. That's what she's implying. <laughs> that is what she's saying, but that's okay. Cause Back that's what I'm going to watch tonight. That tonight. kiss was so steamy. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Put a pin in it. Put a pin in it for next time. I really liked the um I really liked the water, like Mm. the water play that they did. Um cute. And it was it was really cute. And 
just the way that um, it connected them. So I'll say that. And then, um, cause it does say that I can choose two scenes if choosing one is hard. And so what I'm going to say is I'll reserve one of them for our next podcast <laughs> and I'll come back to it. Okay. I am going to say the ice cream scene. They he's it's the classic K drama move. They're they are walking along with ice cream, enjoying their time. A car comes by, he grabs her arm, and she just twirls into him and gets ice cream all over her face. And he takes <laughs> out his handkerchief. Is that the classic ice cream scene that you're? Well, no, it's, it's the classic twirl. It's the classic <laughs> okay, grab her wrist okay. and twirl her in. But she gets ice cream all over her face, and he leans in and he's like, he's wiping her face off, but he leaves a little bit there. And so she goes in, she checks the mirror, she's mad, she comes back out, and it's just, I love it. It's cute. It's 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 appropriate for their age and stage because they're both starting to feel something, and it's that playful moment that she gets unreasonably mad about. So you know that she's starting to feel something. And then he realizes how bad he's messed up. And I like it. I like it. <laughs> but I really liked when he um, rescues her and gets her to the match on time. Just because I feel like there was a lot of like support for her and encouragement. And like they... Um, like, again, she doesn't have many people in her corner. Like, even when she gets kicked out and has to go home, there's, like, nobody there to take her home or any of that kind of stuff. So he kind of is not that her mom can be there because her mom's over there reporting the news. Um, but, like, I just liked how he was there for her when she needed him to be. And it's always fun to see them in the the convertible. His car cracks me up sometimes. Just the, you know it's it's a, a leftover from his old life that he still kind of gets to enjoy and everything but I really liked that whole sequence with them um and him rescuing her so I have three so since the drama Jen <laughs> didn't give one I'm gonna take her free one it's it's allowed I wrote the outline so it's okay <laughs> uh my first one I really liked that moment when he came back super depressed from the job interview and not getting it. And he's so <laughs> kind of drunk and tired and she's there. And again, this is before she's really developed that female feeling for him beyond just like, oh, we're buddies. And so she puts a blanket around him and a sign saying, <laughs> He totally didn't get his job. So be nice to him. So the whole neighborhood <laughs> knows that he totally bombed getting a job and it's so embarrassing for him, but she's just like, what? I gave you a blanket, you know, <laughs> but that was such a sweet scene between the two. And it kind of leads to my second one, which was also really just emotionally connecting for these two characters where he has to leave for various reasons um some creditors were threatening his brother there was issues he was scared so they go to the country leaving without letting anyone know where they go 
And instead of like being upset and berating him, she leaves a message on his beeper about how she understands and she's supportive. And he just plays that over and over again. Oh, sweet. That was such a good scene. And the same when he leaves a message on her machine and she plays it over and over again. I thought that emotional connection without really having them be a romantic couple was brilliant. And that's what makes this drama a step above other dramas where they just don't have that subtlety. And I love, 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 love that scene. Even the way she listens to his old radio shows. Yes. There, I love how they had this long separation, but the emotion connection was completely there the whole time. We didn't feel like we were missing out on anything. And so it was really cool. And then my final favorite moment is on the same theme where they're reunited after their separation and they see each other through this, um, this protest that's going on the brilliant directing at that moment. I loved it. It brought into the history of the time period along with their emotional connections. And then he's getting, you can tell he's like starting to be interested. And then he meets her boyfriend all of three days. <laughs> such a funny scene. It is such a good scene. And you can kind of see so him good. just like taking a step back and be like, oh yeah, she's still really young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So still friends, but he had to take that step back away from this, like, oh, this could have been an emotional romantic reconnection. No, nope. she has her sweet boo-boo. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Cutie pie. <laughs> yes, her sweetie pie, who has been like devoted to her for three whole days. So three whole, three whole days. And who was that? Because I'm I'm was that um it's Park Shanae's husband right. in real life. That's yeah. who I thought. Yeah. I was yeah. like, hold up, I know him. Yeah. But it was such a great scene. I wasn't expecting it. It came out of nowhere and it just like cut that emotional tension, and you're like, oh, I love this show. So it- it was a really good cameo. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a really good cameo. Okay. Okay. Through the first eight episodes, we see various characters, both at their highest and lowest emotional moments and which ones stood out above the others. I think that I have to say the two girls, when the awards were given, that that gold and silver moment, the high, high, low, low for both of them was it for me. Um, both of them are insisting that they struck f- that they were the ones that struck first and everything is on the line for both of them. It was so hard to watch because I even like I knew I knew that um I knew that he do was the one that hit, but Urim was so, she was just so like, uh, uh-uh, no, that was taken from me. I was first. I even started doubting it and I didn't know which way this was going to go. And I was so conflicted because even though I don't really like Urim's character, even though she's like the, um, Eeyore of the show. <laughs> I I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. I always loved Eeyore. 
<laughs> um, so in the same kind of around the same time, um, I, the, the scene, those scenes that you're talking about, like definitely one of the most emotional moments, but I loved how during the lead up to those moments, how, and K-Muse and I were talking about this because she binged a bunch of episodes just recently to catch up. And so some of the things, like the scenes that she was calling out, I have forgotten some of that stuff. So like, again, I, um, because I had to take that week break of not watching last week. So it's been, it seems like it's been forever. I know it's only been a week, but anyway, so the lead up to her getting her winning and getting the gold medal, they weave in her dad's backstory and they did it so well. It was done. It was such an emotional buildup to her competing and even her being on the train and, you know, that where she was with her dad and, and then finding, you know, finding out that he had gotten sick and died. And then the, the kind of the emotional payoff, I guess, of all of that was when she was interviewed asking like, what is your first thoughts of winning and all that stuff. And she's like, my dad, and, you know, her thinking about how proud he would be and all of that and showing that he's the one that got her interested in, in a way. And then to have that immediately be this like horrible being accused of cheating and having kind of even that moment with her dad, but taken away. So that I think was one of like the biggest emotional moments for me. You guys stole mine. Both of those, <laughs> both of those moments. All of episode, it was episode seven was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like the emotions through the whole episode were just so good. And even to the point where she is in the cafe after mm-hmm. her, um, the guy tries to clear her name some and say, hey, this is not okay how everyone's just jumping on her and doing the whole medicine thing and destroying her life. You know, it's not okay. And just all of that, where she bursts into tears in this room full of strangers who are oddly supportive of her. I loved it. Yeah. Just that whole episode was amazing. Like so good. That was a standout episode for sure. One of the things that we haven't really talked about is like how she, even though her mom is um, very professional and, you know, very, very kind of cold and distant right now with her daughter, and maybe and there's lots of reasons for that, The something that's been getting her through is that she has this um, internet pen pal. And I really find those moments so sweet because she doesn't know who it is for most of, the, you know, most of the time. And they they write to one another and are just so loving and supportive and you don't know if it's a boy or a girl but you know that this is somebody really special and the other person has said you know like the, at one point she had said you know um uh maybe maybe we even live in the same town and her pen pal said you know of course i would recognize you you know there's no way but so loving and so supportive um and then we find we find out who it is we have found that out right yes yeah okay so you find out that it's go you um and that they've been and they don't they don't know that yet but um until we get to the end of episode eight one of them Mm -hmm. learns that who it is so 
um, or at least Caesar. So um, I just found that once we knew who this person was on the other side, you can just feel the angst kind of that it's, that it's going to create because Kuyurim has been so awful to her on the outside and yet so supportive, like in the world of the internet. And so it's one of those, uh, it's just, it's an interesting tension. I think it'll be really interesting to see how it comes, comes about. I was really excited when they revealed that it was her because then it, to me, confirmed, okay, they are going to have some type of reconciliation with these girls. And it also helps you understand Goyurim's character a little bit more in that a lot of that comes from the weight that she carries because her parents have spent fencing, at least in the U.S., and I'm sure it's the same in Korea, is really expensive. And on the highest levels, you know, going into national competitions and um, Olympics and all that kind of stuff, it's very expensive. So she's put this big weight on her family. So she has that weight on herself. And so from the moment that um, Nadiho like comes into her life, she's a threat. She's somebody that might swoop in and take it away. She also has all the latest bags and the shoes. And so she knows that like on the outside, she's, she's has it good she has everything that she wants. Like she doesn't have to work for it. And now she's coming in and kind of seems to come out of nowhere and steals all of the things that she's worked for. And that she depends on, like she has, if she has to be the, the, the country's sweetheart in fencing type thing. So the, the online kind of gives you an understanding of like, yeah, she's mean to her, but she also has a lot of underlying. She's the reason why I mean, like she encouraged her yeah, to get yeah. to, to continue, right? And, yes. and to go to her. So um I I actually I love that. I love yeah. that part of this. So we touched on this a little bit earlier, um, but there are some questions on um about our OTP is are they actually going to be endgame? Um, do we actually care or why and why and why not? And I think the reply series burnt me out so much on the who's the husband game that I refuse to let a show do that to me again. And so I, and there, the, I've I've said this several times of like high school dramas and all that kind of stuff. Like, does it matter if he's not her forever? You know what I mean? Like it, it, does it matter? I mean, yes, you're what you're invested in the romance and everything, but like, they're both pretty young they have been there for each other at a time in their life where they really needed each other. And then if she goes on and marries some guy who travels all the time and is never home, <laughs> a reporter type person, no, I'm just kidding. I don't like, again, nothing adds up to him being the husband, but who knows, who, you know, who knows if he's the dad for me, I am choosing to just not get too invested in that and really get more invested in the mother daughter relationship and then all of the people in the past. I have to agree. I do think this is one of the few things that's slightly annoying is they um, they are trying to make it, oh, well, did they end up together? Because, mm-hmm. you know, they purposely are like, oh, well, I saw that boy the other day, you know, 20 years later, the mom is saying that to her daughter or whatever. So it's like making it seem like, oh, they didn't end up together, but did they or... Like, that's all just annoying. 
the more I've aged and watching dramas, the more I don't need people to end up together. And I think at this point, I'm just enjoying the story. I enjoy them as friends. I will probably enjoy them as a romantic couple. Um, whether that ended up long-term or not, who knows? But the story is so well done that I don't really care. So. Uh, same for me. I mean, I think that the reply series really did sort of like <laughs> burn me, like just like, yeah. And, and also there is that piece of like, you know, this is a look back at youth and those really like moments of like connection with different people. And we, and sometimes friendships have seasons. And I think that there are moments where, you know, you connect with people and you feel like you're going to always understand one another and be together. And then life kind of goes on and, you know, maybe you look back fondly, maybe you're still in touch, maybe you only see each other a couple times a year, whatever it is. Um, I I agree with K-Muse. I don't think that there has to be a forever in order to enjoy the story. So I'm, I kind of, I'll be okay either way. I'm going to sound a little bit like a parrot. I think we all, I have to agree, we're all numb from the Reply series. Um, but this is coming of age. This is a coming of age story. And that doesn't mean this is a happily ever after story. And I've been prepared for hopefully maybe a rekindling of a friendship or whatever happens, but I don't need him to be her husband for the end game for this to be enjoyable. What I need is I need there to be a gathering of the friends. I need there to be, you know, fried Korean fried chicken and soju and showing off their kids. I, I don't know. That's my happily ever after, but, um, I feel like the whole story and especially as they dive more into each character's life, I feel like it's a, not just her story. It's also her mom's story because her mom is still playing a big part in it. Mm. Um, so, and I love a good frame story. I like this whole starting and stopping um, at different time periods. So, you know, the nerd, the nerd English teacher in me comes out and I just, I'm like, Ooh, this is fun. Um, and I'm intrigued and it's been a long time since I've had a drama have me intrigued on what's going to happen next. I, it's not formulaic. I can't figure it out. Oh. <laughs> so many moments. <laughs> So many moments that we got to chat about, and I feel like we weren't able to talk about so many moments because just there's so much to go on you wouldn't in eight me? episodes. Well, <laughs> put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. We have to keep it within a certain time limit, or I would let you just talk for hours and hours and be like, I'll come back later. <laughs> but anyway. I'm excited that we are going to be reviewing the second half next month. And thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. You can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, or through our Patreon page. The links are in our show notes. 
I'm going to end as I began. We love talking, blogging, and about <laughs> But behind the scenes, we have so much more to say. And we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing.